Hi, I'm Don. And I'm Colleen. And this is Austin and the A-Train. Today we have a special treat. I feel like it's Christmas for me right now. Yeah, this is pretty awesome. It's basically Don's two loves, tabletop um, RPGs and Jane Austen, all rolled up into one. Today we have special guests, the Story Brewers. We have V and Haley. These lovely people created games with narrative hearts. They are known for games like Alas for the Awful Sea, To the Temple of Doom, Our Mundane Supernatural Life, which, by the way, a name that I absolutely love because I, I'll talk about that in a little bit. The fictional memoirs of Harriet Wilson and her sisters, and of course, the reason that we found out about them, Good Society, a Jane Austen RPG. Yes, with Good Society as well, there are expansion packs and including a LARP pack, which we're going to get into a little bit because I this is so exciting that there's a LARP <laughs> For a Jane Austen sure. playing game. Hello, I'm I'm V. Yeah, I'm I'm Haley, and <laughs> we are we are so happy to be here. We are so happy to have you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, when I sent the email, like I forget how many months ago, I was just like, you know what? <laughs> let's send the email and let's, we'll see what they say. What's the worst that could happen? They say <laughs> no, and then you guys were like, oh sure, like we'd love to. I was like, what? Shoot your shot. Oh, okay, <laughs> sure. Yes. All, right, all right, cool. Also, as a heads up, I've been someone that's played tabletop role-playing games for... Mm-hmm. 2013 was how long ago? Yeah, I don't want to talk wow. about that. Since 2013. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Whereas Colleen is not someone who has ever really played a tabletop I play, role I played that Star Wars one Fantasy Flight. For like a year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I have yes. like a little bit... More, I have like that more a- knowledge than like your average person, but definitely not <laughs> as much knowledge as Dawn. I have to say the Star Wars one is really hard to start off with because mm. they have all of these special dice and like all of these like extra arithmetic, even more than like D&D 3.5, yeah. which is kind of amazing <laughs> if you've ever played D&D. All right, sorry, I'm nerding out. Okay. No, no, that's fine. Like it's one of those ones that there's like a layer of like uh, augury involved that you aren't used like that is more than than other games and i would say like i mean good society does not have that we don't even have dice in the game Mm. (laughs) i actually do have a question about that but uh i Mm -hmm. guess we will get to that yeah a little bit yeah the star wars one definitely not for beginners but it definitely i was definitely really annoying because everybody else (laughs) around me was way more into the like rpg scene i think i was playing with someone that Dawn actually plays like Dungeons and Dragons with. He was definitely getting annoyed with me because I was like, but wait, why did that work that way? They were like, because the dice well. I'm like, but why? I don't understand for the first like month. And I was like, I don't get it. I'm so confused. (laughs) And then I just kept my mouth shut because then I was like, they're not going to kick me out or kill me off. I don't, I'm going to stop. So a lot of table, so for those of you that aren't aware about tabletop role-playing games, a lot of them are focused. Usually there's an element of probability which includes dice rolls. Good Society does not have any dice rolls whatsoever, which is very interesting. So how would you describe Good Society as far as like someone who is new to the role-playing game scene or someone who is familiar? Yeah, so Good Society is uh, a Jane Austen role-playing game where you and your friends uh, collaboratively tell a story of the kind that could have come out of a Jane Austen novel. And during that game, you will play the role of characters similar to those you would read of in Austen's books. So, you know, whether the heir or the socialite that each have different desires or goals that they want to pursue. 
And sometimes those goals are, uh, or desires align. Um, sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. And by seeing what the characters do and following their story, then the drama unfolds during the game. And you do all kinds of delightful things uh, as a way for that story to unfold, uh, such as having sort of more traditional novel role-playing type scenes uh, like balls and things like that but you also create rumor and scandal uh there's monologues uh, <laughs> there's a section where you uh you write letters uh not physically but uh, <laughs> uh recited to each yes. other yes and yeah and you, you go through the cycle of play as the, the story will continue to develop you set up all of these this juicy drama and character st- backstory right at the start of the game and you play through it and that's a sort of the game compared to what you were saying actually earlier we touched on dice rolling games uh, which sort of sometimes can be used to sort of simulate probabilities and and how Mm -hmm. likely something is able to occur in the fiction. Good Society sort of has a different focus in that the the core way that the game proceeds is much more about collaborative almost like writer's room storytelling which is not so much about how likely it is to happen but how interesting it is for your group Mm. to explore that particular next step in the plot, Mm. right? So we can get into that a little bit, but that's sort of the overview of Mm. of how the approach of the game, the philosophy of the game, and like what we, I often like to say is like, it is a game that wants you and your friends to author a novel together, like author a story, characters, Mm. plot together. Yeah. And have a lot of fun doing it. Hence Story Brewers. That makes total sense. (laughs) Good brand name, guys. Uh, (laughs) So it's more of, so it's definitely for someone who is a player that is more of like into the story game. So do you think this actually could be a good intro game to someone who maybe wants to get into RPGs? Yeah, definitely. I've played this game with a lot of people who are just starting RPGs or this is their first or second game. Um, And the thing that makes it easy for people to pick up is that you can draw on your touchstones, whether that's Austin or uh, Bronte or even just having watched the BBC, (laughs) Pride and Prejudice, uh, and use that knowledge to know how to enter into the story without having to worry too much about uh you know complicated rules you just bring that Mm -hmm. that desire to tell a story into the game with you that's super cool so when it comes to character creation i noticed that kind of in the packs that you guys have that there's different characters so can you create your own original one separate from like the card packs or do you essentially draw from these card packs uh yes your character will be separate from those those characters are sort of um so there's these what Dawn is talking about is like this, we have like a character portraits um, that are for the connections. So you play t- two characters in the game. Essentially you make a major character, which is like your Elizabeth Bennets of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, you make a, up to several, but two like two connections, uh, mm-hmm. which are secondary characters relating to your character that might support their story in some way. So if my my desire is like, I'm an heir and my desire is to, I've been disinherited or something. And my <laughs> desire is to get that inheritance back um, by proving myself um, to my family. Then maybe as part of that story, what I'm making at the start of the game is a connection who is my um, parent, parental figure. And maybe I'm making a another potential um, person who's getting in my way. And then those connections um, are assigned those portraits or to help you jumpstart them. Um, and that, is, that connection is given to someone else on the table to play. <laughs> so you'll be playing your own major character, but then you'll also be playing these like connections to other people's characters. Um, mm-hmm. So you can sort of be involved in their story, meddle in their story, 
um, mm-hmm. all sorts of dramatic tension uh, mm. as well there. So yeah. that's that's what they'd like. And you make it when you make your own characters. You don't. You don't. Um, there's no sort of. Uh, there's no set characters. Characters mm-hmm. in good society are sort of made up of four elements. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those is your desire, which, as I mentioned, the, the fervent wish in your heart, whether that's to get your inheritance back or propose to your childhood friend or whatever it is. Uh, and those those do come on cards to give you sort of ideas and inspiration to help start that's your right. character yep. off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing you have is your relationship, which connects you to another major character. So whether that's your old flame, your childhood friend, uh, you know, your your parent or sibling, um, the third thing you have is your character role, which is sort of like your Jane Austen archetype. Like, who are you in Austen's world? Like I, I mentioned the air and, and the socialite. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other ones as well. And then the last thing you have, because of course in Austen's world, just as important as who you are is who your family is. So the last thing you have is your family background, whether you're from old money, new money, the peerage, um, and there's other ones to choose from too. So you sort of, you pick from all four of these elements uh, and combine them together to work out what kind of person your character might be. And then from there, you know, you sort of give them a name and, and think about their life and their backstory and their connections to the other characters. Cool. So rather than having the traditional RPG, like stats of like strength, constitution, charisma, like you have these, like, it's all about the relations and more yes, that's right. about humans. Catching you in like a, a context for the game. So when you do start and pursue your desires, it's, it's, you're growing from like a rich narrative already um, with your backgrounds and other people's backgrounds and how they mm. will collide. Cool. So as like setting up as a game, I know oftentimes what, again, I'm just trying to draw from my own background here mm-hmm. is with a lot of like those like traditional like dice rolling RPGs where it's more about the dice roll, like tries to balance out the statistics so that you don't have this. I'm super strong and super charismatic and mm-hmm. super rich and super wise, like, is there a way, is there a system within your game where it's kind of balanced? So it's not just like, I have all the money and the family and everything and what, everything is wonderful yes. and I'm the protagonist. Yes. So <laughs> actually that, that, that uh, I think when you said I'm the protagonist, you get exactly onto what it, it is our system <laughs> does balance. So mm-hmm. we're not really concerned by balancing, about balancing like story factors, like how wealthy your, your character is or something like uh-huh. that, because that's something you really choose for yourself at the beginning of the game. So you can set okay. that up but what we do care about is the influence that the characters and the players have on the story. Mm-hmm. And what, what our game does do is try to make sure that everybody can have an equal influence on the story and for their character to get their goals, uh, you know, and um, what the game has to do that is something called resolve tokens. And basically the way those work is that when you have a, a cool idea uh, for what might happen in the game, so wouldn't it be cool if um, you can spend a resolve token um, to have an effect on the narrative. And this could be something for your character. So wouldn't it be cool if this character fell badly in love with my character? That's a thing you could do. Uh, you can uh, offer, make an offer for that. Or it could be to try to get someone else's character to do something. Or it could just be an idea. For example, we've had it used to be like, oh, it starts raining. I guess we'll have to huddle on closely under shelter um, or you know, have a carriage <laughs> overturned or all kinds of things like that. Um, so those those are the um, the currency, I guess, that you have or the resource that you have to affect the story during the game. 
And it's sort of working with your play, like, of, like, okay, like, mm. this, would this make a good story? And, like, it's up to the discretion of the facilitator of the game to, like, be like, yeah, that would totally happen, or mm, there's something Not hidden. really. Okay. So, in good society, the facilitator helps to run the game um, okay. and make sure everyone is doing, you know, knows the rules and is getting enough spotlight, but they don't actually determine the story more than any of the other players. Ah. Uh, so the the way the tokens work is if if I play a token uh, mm-hmm. that affects someone else's story, that person, whether they're the player or uh, of another character or the facilitator, will directly have the choice. So say I would like your character to fall in love with my character. Mm-hmm. I would be like, Dawn, I got this token. I would like to give it to you if you would be okay with your character falling in love with my character. And you can be like, heck yeah, give me that token. Let's do the love. <laughs> or you can be like, nah, I'm busy. I have three love interests already. Go find your, go find someone else. <laughs> or we can say yes, but only if you blah, 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 to sort of like um, that start, jumpstart that negotiation. Yeah, there. the discussion. The and discussion. the facilitator can interact with the story or change the story mm-hmm. in the same way. Exactly so they the have their way. own tokens that they can use to shape the story themselves. Yep. And all the connections will also have tokens to be used in in sort of the same manner. Um, So these are like ways that you can like continue the story Mm. in like these little uh, suggestions of what might happen next, Mm. essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think another thing that is unique about this game, um, you were saying, oh, what will stop me from becoming, you know, making the richest, smartest, (laughs) most beautiful person on this in this area. Nothing really, except that. Would you make that person if you wanted to play this game? Like it, it is, it is a game yeah. that mm-hmm. uh, you want some challenges uh, in in because that is the most delicious part of a story like this. Mm, you know, yeah. like it's it, you don't start the story when Elizabeth Bennet is landed and, and excellently mm. uh, matched. You start before that, and I think there is a, a tendency in this game as well for players to make characters um, with with. Um, Players to be like one of the player principles that we point out is that players should make um, engineer their own characters' misfortunes um, and enjoy that ride. And I think that is a, like a natural mm. mm-hmm. interest. Like Bridgerton yeah. is a trash fire, and we love it, right? Like <laughs> oh, that's why we totally. love it. And um, there's a similar thing yeah. in this game. <laughs> if people create, you know, their Elizabeth Bennet, they want they want Darcy to be in the story, but they also want a Mr. Collins in the story. Yes, too. yes, <laughs> of course. I love how the like character sheets. So I like actually bought a set in preparation for this. And I also like, I think that Dawn and I are probably inevitably like at some point just going to play a round or like force our friends into playing this game at some point. That's not a question. Yeah. (laughs) It's only a question of who else will be either like convinced to do this with us or who will just like volunteer to do it. Um, But I love the like nods to Jane Austen. Like it's, it's, done in such a way that if you don't know Jane Austen you could still totally follow along with it and be like oh yeah the dowager yeah of course there's a dowager like I watched Mm -hmm. Bridgerton I know what that is (laughs) or yeah the dependent yeah of course I know who that is but like if you know Jane Austen like you're like oh the meddler yeah that's definitely based (laughs) off of Emma because that's the entire plot of Emma yeah so and I also love the that there's like an inner conflict as well so Mm -hmm. what were your experiences with like RPG games before you guys decided to come up with this and what led you guys to make the all these changes 
when we start we started role playing games um like playing them probably around the same time Dawn did like in 2013 <laughs> is that what it is? um it, and we we played we played a lot of games and we ran a lot of games and then we immediately tried making our, our own games and a lot of things it was, it was a lot of experimentation i think our earlier games as no, is very normal for the process would probably much more about learning the medium of role-playing games. So mm. there were a lot of dice rolls um, and then there were a lot of story games. It was whatever we were reading and playing mm. at the time. Basically, mm. we, would, we would tool around with um, think, you know bits of it. And then I think it was, I can't remember exactly, I'm, I'm so bad on dates, but yeah. at some point we decided we were going to make this Jane Austen game. And instead of um, the usual way we were doing, you know, we, we kind of focused on what it is that we wanted the game to do and build mm. it up from there which is why it's such um the game has like the voice that it does because I think we were trying to speak from a different place so the process of developing good society was like quite uh extensive it took us uh, about two and a half years from the first time we ever tested the game to the the game being complete I mean we're working on other games during that time but um, um mm-hmm. as well but essentially and the first time we played Good Society, it was a very different game yes. to what it is now. Yeah. Playtesting. Uh, yes, playtesting, very important. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the first time we played Good Society, it actually did have, believe it or not, dice. <laughs> and these dice were not rolled a single time in the entire session. So everyone, oh. and I remember this, like we sat down with our friends to play and we just like took out the little dice, I think it was D6s, and like gave <laughs> everyone these dice and we're like, all right, we've got the dice. We, you know, we're prepared <laughs> if we need to roll these dice to determine something, but it just didn't come up um, because um, the players are in fact the randomizers in this game. Uh, <laughs> oh. and, and the way that people choose to tell their own stories is what creates the random element um, or the, you know, the element that drives the story forward. The uncertainty, the uncertainty. and the, the realization of an yeah. action in the story. Yeah. Yeah. And we learned a lot from that experience. Like, oh, this is the kind of game that it's not you against the world, which is a lot of the reason why you need dice in other games. Mm-hmm. This is all about the story and the way your characters interact with the other characters and I think what we did was just like logically follow that down the rabbit hole to be like well if the story is about your interactions with the other characters how do we support that and make that better and more fun and the game changed a lot in that direction from there Mm. yeah that makes sense because it seems like there's like kind of like an improvisation type of element to it. So that makes sense why you wouldn't need dice rolls because like, do you really need a perception check? Like, is Mr. Darcy going to notice that Elizabeth changed her hairstyle? Perception check. (laughs) No, he didn't. He's Mr. Darcy. He doesn't notice anything about anyone. (laughs) Which is interesting because that is a point where resolve token could be used in either way. You either like want him to notice it in which case oh no what what comes out of that or he doesn't and that's a huge bad thing and <laughs> we also need to see the repercussions so it's it's equally good yeah you just <laughs> I, go with what is more interesting what is more interesting story. in yeah in in your mind and with both of the, the you know the players who are playing those characters so that's the kind of game it is <laughs> yeah because i can only imagine especially like thinking of like the Saturn, like Dungeons and Dragons, like a nat one, oh, you, like you split your corset in the middle and are now ashamed from society. It's like, well then what do I do for the rest of the game? Like, <laughs> have like that big of a failure or like he does and he kisses me and it's like, all right, I guess game over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the, the, fun, 
the funniest thing about result token is also they can um be as big or as little an action as you want mm. them to, to to have in the story uh and because that that one that might be different uh fictional significance in the story but also um that means that like you know you have a big brush a little, a little brush brush to paint with um it's up to you what what's best in the story mm. um i think the last result token i use in, in in the game that i'm playing at the moment was merely to look out a window and s over and, and see people okay but they were having a secret twist but they were so also having a <laughs> so there you go <laughs> and it's just like the camera pans at like the people milling about <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so i the other like mechanic that i was looking through that seems really interesting is the monologue token which can be used mm -hmm. once per session can you kind of elaborate more on that yeah, so the monologue token um, is a different token to the result token. The mono is is one you get one for. It's actually a cycle of play, um, which may not be a session <laughs> depending on your game group. Uh -huh. um, uh, some people it is a session for for some, but we but sometimes it takes people like two or three sessions depending on how much. How elaborate how, you like to be? Yeah, how, mm -hmm. how self indulgent indulgent? What what pace do you go through? Either way, it's fine. Um, and what it is is a token that you play as a player onto another player um to say hey i want could you monologue as your character at this moment in the story um and you can either just leave that as as like i just want to hear your monologue whatever thoughts you have in there or you can sort of direct that if you'd like um be like i can you tell me a little bit more about your feelings about x or y and then we see the monologue and uh, there's a lot of ways of using it. Like that's that's it. That's a mechanic, um, the mechanical part of it. But I guess I've seen it used in a lot of interesting creative ways by people. Whether it's like to highlight a particularly dramatic moment, mm. um, like mid ball, whirling dancing, and then we slow down and hear a character's thoughts. Um, I've had it used, and admittedly, this is how I think I often use it myself. Is like where you need more information to see mm. how the plot might develop around you and another character. And so you have that character monologue on a specific thing that is helping me make my decisions of like, like oh, what is interesting to me. Um, so it's a, it's a way to get into someone else's head about mm. their character. Help them feel out making a decision. I think that's <laughs> the, the final way I feel like, are you going to accept this proposal or not? monologue about whether you're going to accept <laughs> this proposal or not oh. and you get in their head and they like yeah uh, the character you know the, the the world freezes yeah when you hear yeah. they're in a monologue about their proposal it can help no, you right. get out their feelings and decide what decision they're going to make yeah but there's it's heaps, like it's it's, a, it's, it's fun. always it's fun, so fun because it's always fun for people to be totally self-indulgent and just be like here are my character's feelings at length <laughs> I think I could get my husband into Jane Austen by making him play this game now. I, <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, oh, he would go all out with a monologue, like pretending to be like, I don't know. He'd probably go for like some like self-indulgent air. See, he loves <laughs> yes, stuff perfect. like this. Oh, like he, yes. he just like doesn't want to do Jane Austen. I blame I think like his mom kept pushing like rom-coms on him when he was very young and he's like, uh, I don't want to, mm, nope, I don't want to do any of that Jane Austen stuff. And I'm like, please. He's like, no. And I'm like, but I'm like, oh, maybe he'll do this game with me because he gets yeah. to monologue. I, I have to admit, and like this is, I always come like 
part of my big like and part of the reason why I'm interested in this is I'm I'm always big into the role playing and I always have these like zany characters like I had this dashing swordsman character mm-hmm. who had an infinite pocket of uh, roses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna take much longer than one session. Oh yeah, to get through a cycle. I feel. <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely. see it in you. I see. Oh it in yeah. You. So I could just see myself being like being like, okay, La- Lady Danbury has entered. I need to have my monologue now. <laughs> I um, need my monologue. We're serving tea, and I will my gut back down. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, there is a lot of space in this game for witty banter, if that's what your group is is like into mm-hmm. and good at. Um, I'm not the wittiest and banteriest, but like <laughs> I, it's and it's not required part mm. of the game either. I will add, but like I've seen a lot of good people mm. at that and good. Um, do a lot of great things in the moment too. One thing that uh, Good Society does have at, at the beginning of the game is something called a collaboration phase. And that's like <laughs> a, a section of the game where the players all sit down together and answer like a few questions to help them be on the same page during the game. Yeah, this is the uh, first thing you do in the yeah, game. Yeah, it's the first thing you do in the game. And like some of that stuff is like, what 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 do we not want to see? What are we really excited to see? Um, but one of those questions is like, what tone do we want this story to have? And that's usually like the most influential one on the game because there's three tones that you can choose from. The standard tone is like romantic comedy, classic Jane Austen mm-hmm. kind of a tone. Um, but you can also choose to play with the fast tone, which is very much like the importance of being earnest, mm-hmm. uh, Oscar Wilde type space where it's all about the witty banter and the Ooh. humorous coincidences. <laughs> and you know, in the end, that there'll be 12 marriages happening at the same time. Um, and then... <laughs> Uh, and then the other end of the spectrum too, there's also a drama tone, which is very much like more, you know, leaning on maybe like maybe Austin's more emotional works like persuasion or even going into like Bronte territory mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. of like thing, you know, things are harder. The world has more serious consequences um, and there's a, like a more heavy emotional element in that version of the game too. So depending mm-hmm. on which one of those you pick, you can actually end up having quite a different game experience. That's cool because it seems like you could actually bring some of like the same characters you've definitely used and been like, well, like, all right, we had this like Oscar Wilde's like witty zingers going back and forth. Let's let's make their life awful and let them. <laughs> I've never seen anyone take a character across from like one game to another game, but I have mm-hmm. heard that people have done it and have done sequels. So that's that's something pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, because I think that is also something that a lot of, I mean, both writers and also like people who are into role playing games kind of get mm. into is like, you love that character so mm. much. You're not ready to say goodbye to them. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think it's also that fun space in like improv where it's like, okay, you're a character in an Oscar Wilde show, but you're a character in a Charlotte Bronte novel. Have a conversation. <laughs> I don't What's imagine you do them at the same time. <laughs> Hopefully not. That's the purpose of collaboration, so that ah. everyone can pick one and be on the same page. Yes, so you, <laughs> you pick it for the game group together. Yes. So otherwise, that would be chaos. Yeah, that's. True. I think it would be. That's an interesting prompt for like if you are taking your character from game to game, which isn't like mm, assumed by the rules or something. But like that, that would be an interesting prompt for it. Yeah. It's ill-advised by the game advisors listening. <laughs> it's ill-advised, but it could be funny or terrible. Yeah. Well, fast like games. Fast that in a way. Uh, it? it does melodrama. Fast does also cover melodrama. So if that's where you want to <laughs> go. True. You can go there. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah, drama is is more re- like 
yeah <laughs> like a serious you're watching a real serious bbc thing here mm. that's true. true see now i'm just imagining emma paired with mr rochester <laughs> paired with <laughs> dorian gray <laughs> oh my god that would be and it. just seeing like what like what could come about of that anyway yeah it seems like very it seems like a lot of so in the collaboration phase does that also where you could put set events like such as a ball's gonna happen here and like the town militia will probably come like almost mm. map out a calendar set of events or so the the collaboration phase isn't yet getting into that kind of detail because okay. it actually happens before you create your characters but what it does have is a section for you to just like uh, fangirl about what you want to see in the game. Uh, so you can definitely get to that section and be like, if we do not have a ball, you know, <laughs> then I'll be very sad. I am leaving. Like, let's, let's, <laughs> let's make sure we see a ball or let's make sure we see, like, I'd love to see the militia regiment and that stuff, like people can uh, know mm-hmm. all the things you want to see. And then maybe when they get into backstory, they'll be like, well, of course my connection is a dashing colonel because we have to see the militia or whatever it is, you know, um, so they can reflect that during the game. Um, and then when you finish creating your characters, you you get into the sort of cycle of play itself. That's the time to start talking about what kind of events you might like to see. And usually in this game, uh, you wouldn't plan too far ahead from the beginning, but rather see where the story goes. And often okay. people will mention events, particularly in the letters phase, actually. That's like the, the number one for it. So say you start the game off with a ball and then, uh, then we get into letters and people will be like, well, I'd like to invite you to my tea party next week. Like, and things just sort of unfold naturally, like in that manner, usually. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you could just walk us through like what like a cycle of play could be um, using different roles, because I'm just, it's one of those normally like in this, a lot of, a lot of the, again, drawing from what I know, usually the game master, dungeon master um, is usually very secretive about what's going to happen, <laughs> whereas it seems like this in the facil- facilitator is just very open about everything. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and because there is no secrets, and because the the story is actively being written throughout all okay. of these things by every participant, um, there can so... be some secrets depending <laughs> on how you choose to play the game. That's another collaboration setting. Yeah, before we get to the cycle yeah. play, you can choose to keep your characters' innermost desires secret. Um, mm-hmm. and see how that plays out during the game. I haven't played uh, it with that setting for so long. It's been a long time since I played with that setting because yeah. generally it's more fun when you know that they're trying to marry their secret fiance. So you can be there being like, oh, does someone oversee you, you know, overhear mm-hmm. you in the garden or something like that. But you can actually play that with an option and it can be fun too. Yeah. On to the cycle preference. of play, you're going to explain the cycle Yes, the cycle of play starts, um, so you do collaboration where you're kind of making that game group decision together, getting everyone on the same page. I think about it as like configuring your game. <laughs> in the collaboration get everyone on the same page then you do backstory which is where you make your characters your connections you find out what the starting situation will be so you know if we're talking walking you through this this is where you end up with your heir that is struggling for inheritance the meddler who has a terrible personal life but still somehow decides they're going to help everyone else etc that's 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 the backstory then when you start the game it's usually um it's usually a ball. That's a classic opening. But you really can do <laughs> whatever you would like. Whatever you like, however you'd like to. Like once you've played it, you people have their own ideas. But if I'm playing with new people, I, I'll start it off as a ball because it's just an awesome place for the spotlight to move around all the major characters as well as all the connections. And so we get the little snippets of everyone who's important in this story, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the open role playing that you're probably more used to, mm. where um, you know the facilitator will, will probably set up 
the barest details like okay so I think we'll, we'll start with a ball it's spring um and you know your character is the one with the biggest manner do, do you think you're hosting a ball and um you know we, you you can flesh that out and then we'll just sort of see bits of it we, we see different scenes as um as the players and the facilitator that game group wants to follow like mm. I think it'll be interesting if I'm like this and we'll just follow all these stories mm. then after that novel chapter phase um where you are in character and you're narrating what you're doing and it's all in this one evening um we're going to letters which is uh, called the epistle. reputation first. oh sorry reputation. <laughs> thank you oh my god Haley, explain reputation. Reputation, yes. So very important phase of this game because in uh, Good Society, every character has a reputation that is very important. Uh, and during the reputation phase, you will assess what happened previously and see whether your character has uh, gained uh, word of them of good repute or of ill repute mm -hmm, uh, based mm -hmm. on what happened. And if that happens, you will gain a positive or negative reputation tag, which is sort of words that describe what society think about your character. For example, they might think that you're charming or maybe they think that you are impolite, impolite or reckless. Based on how, how mm. that events of that bull had unfolded. Mm. Um, then yes, letters. thank you. Yes, then letters. <laughs> no, then rumor and scandal. <laughs> what? You're right. This is why I need, I, I should have it next to me. <laughs> this is so funny. Um, after, after reputation is rumor and scandal. It is, it is rumor explain. and scandal. You're much better remembering this. Normally when I play, there's just- There's a, a little list, thing on the sheet of paper. I just follow so it so that I know how to think. Uh, rumor and scandal is a phase in the game that is more on a player level than it is on any character level and you go around the table and uh, make up juicy rumors that are circulating around town so not as your characters but as players you're saying these are the things that are being said um and you've heard who knows where it started um and those things uh can come back in and affect the game in in they don't have to be true but you know it's a game where those, what is being said about you is important. important. And they kind of affect the game in this similar way um, to resolve tokens. So if you want to bring in a rumor to, to kind of engineer a plot point, um, like the rumor is you're in fabulously rich and you want to kind of use that uh, to help your chances at um, appearing a good match for that season, then, then that's how that, you would have that resolve token negotiation. Um, and you can, you know, so these aren't limited to making rumors about yourself. You can make rumors about the general town or people. Um, I'm afraid of suggesting what the next step is. Definitely epistolary. I'm so excited about the letters phase. Um, <laughs> you can tell what V's favorite part of the game is. Yeah. Um, it is. So then it is epistolary, which is the letter writing phase. And you narrate letters in that phase. Dear so and so, blah, 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 blah. I'll see you at tea. Yours truly, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's one of those things. And you, um, I think what's really fun about that that phase is that uh, you kind of get this asynchronous kind of time where, you know, not everything is happening at the same time. You focus down on what each player's like current letter is and you get to hear their thoughts at length about a certain thing or um, people are setting up secret trysts or whatever it is. And it's like such a window to the soul mm. moment for the characters, which is why I Believe like. it or not, it is the most popular part of the game. And people <laughs> who play Good Society are often like, yeah, you know what I really liked? The letters phase. <laughs> yeah, I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, you're not alone. Well, I feel like that's like whenever I've like read a book and all of a sudden you get a letter, you're just like, oh, this is juicy stuff coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. Like the classic example is like the Mr. Darcy letter of like explaining everything. <gasps> yes, like, yes. So mm -hmm. heart-wrenching, even after I don't know how many retellings we've 
I've been through of so it. Like, retellings. Yeah. Yeah. How many times I've heard or read different iterations yeah. of that letter. So many times. And every time I'm just like, you, what? Wickham did what to Georgiana? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every time. Every and time. the one in persuasion, uh, also the I'm half agony, half hope uh, letter. That one is uh, uh, yeah, uh, letters like like that, which always oh. make my heart. But yeah, from letters, you uh, you sort of repeat the novel chapter reputation mm-hmm. uh, and letters phase again, and then you you finish the cycle with just a little upkeep uh, to check in on everybody and see how everyone is going, and you start at the beginning again, <laughs> and cool. that's how the game works. Cool. So is there like, just out of curiosity, especially for those that are interested in playing for the first time, is there a general, can you give, I know it's really hard with these kind of like role playing games. Is there a general time, time limit? Yeah. Kind of? mm-hmm. So Good Society does have a sweet spot uh, in sort of the, uh, I would say the three to six session range. Okay. Um, if you played, I generally find like, uh, newer players might enjoy playing like a three or four session game to start off with more experienced mm-hmm. players probably need more time because they'll be like Ooh, more chances for drama uh and so uh you know generally take a bit longer um but usually by the time you get to session five or six uh the story you will get to the point you'll you'll know you're in act three of the story you're like all right if i don't propose now like it's just gonna you know go on too long so um people actually have a really good internal sense of pacing which is something we discovered with this game and people kind of know whether they're in act one two or three of the story based on the number of sessions that you plan to play so i'd recommend if you're playing this game to know how many sessions you plan to play ahead of time so that people can sort of pace their own story um, but yeah, three to six sessions, I think, is the sweet spot. Yeah. And, you know, if it does, you finish off and you do it, it once a second season, as it were, it mm. kind of like starts again in that second season sort of way, right? Like where are there's mm-hmm. fresh new problems. Yes. People have had reversals of fortune and also on and so forth. And then um, it kind of gives it new life, a new lease of life for, mm. for the second season. And then um, you can go from there. Yeah. If, if you were playing the expansions, you will need more Longer time. time. Yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of speaking on the expansion. So clearly both of you have very much a love of Austin and of kind of like this Regency era Mm. of literature. So what kind of made you think to add the expansions of which the ones that I'm seeing are Sword and Magic, Service and Ambition, and Love and Lauding? So I think all the expansions came from really different places mm-hmm. um but the the origin of our first two expansions which are the swordsmanship one and the magic one is quite fun because uh we knew that we wanted to create more kinds of stories that could be told with this game mm-hmm. uh and we basically put it to our, the backers of our original kickstarter we were like what do you what do you want to see and there was a big vote uh and uh that is where those two expansions came from originally and i think they're great great choices crowdsource those love love to see them because they're really really fun yeah i think it's cool that like like you have like your fan like your fans or like the people like who are like yeah participating it also adding on to it i think that's so special and it's so cool yeah we're really lucky to have a a great community that's popped up around good society of people Mm -hmm. who who enjoyed the game and uh, are willing to tell us about their experiences with the game, which is always fun. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the other two, I think we we worked on a, um, a little later on. And that one, 
one of them yeah I think those ones just came from like our natural exploration of um, mm. what else we think we thought could could be mm. interesting to to explore so. yeah so to just outline those ones because swords and magic is is pretty self is more self-explanatory yeah. one of them yeah. is sort of like well magic is self-explanatory uh and the other one is uh sort of about double identities and sort of zoro-esque type of stories by day trying to find a husband by night trying to find an outlaw kind of thing um <laughs> uh but the second two expansions that we have are uh we have sort of a, a one called downstairs at the abbey which is like upstairs downstairs stories like uh -huh. mountain abbey and then we also have uh, one called Emma Forget Me Not, which is very much going into the the Bronte space, very inspired by uh, Wuthering Heights. And that one is is about stories that take place over a long period of time. Uh, so, you know, go through years or even there's the option to play through multiple generations if you want to. That's so cool. <laughs> so it's like seeing how like the effects of like the relationships go back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with like yeah, absolutely flashbacks. Yeah, you go through like passages of time and it like it's a whole oh, new wow. phase where you like flash forward, mm -hmm. um, if, you know, and you choose how many years, five, ten years, and then you kind of, we see little snippets of that happening mm. and then you continue the stories ten years later. Mm. And it's just, yeah, it's about what changes and what doesn't. <laughs> That's cool. And just touching on the magic, because as soon as magic is, is like mentioned it's really hard to get off of that is it seems mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. so often with these kind of games they're mostly set in what's considered like high fantasy where just magic is magic and it's a part of society just like how the sky is blue and stuff like that whereas is this more of kind of what they call and i don't know if i like this term like the low like low fantasy where it's like magic is a little more hidden or it's like oh the crazy lady that lives in the woods <laughs> that... no no it's very much like if you play pride prejudice and practical magics it's very okay. much magic is part of society and you know if okay. you want to look good at the ball you better get get your magic on because otherwise you're <laughs> going to be behind all the other ladies kind of no thing. <laughs> oh, i like that oh i like that that's very different uh, than like what you see in most i feel like most stories about magic it's just like oh my gosh we're going on this epic adventure better bring like our best magic stuff but like you don't really see like the Oh, like I got my, yeah, I went to like the old witch who lives in the forest and she did my hair. How does it look? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, my gown is enchanted, so it's not going to wrinkle. Didn't yeah. want to get out all dusty. Yeah, my yeah. heels are also, you know, she put some charms on it so my feet won't okay. hurt no matter how much I dance. So that's oh really my God. cool. That's amazing. That is that is that is the charm for this game. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh, I just can't. Yeah. Oh, this and is the game cool. is very much about like you live in a magical society. Yeah. What does that mean? How does that change things? Um, and the politics of magic is actually a big part of that expansion as well because mm -hmm. there's different magical factions. You've got the College of Wizardry. You can probably imagine what they're like. You have the otherworldly kind of like the Fae and other otherworldly creatures and the uh, local witches and the local witches association uh all getting in the mix to try and see who's going to come out on top so that's part of that expansion too. i i like want to join a netting circle with the local witches association absolutely right now. Yes. <laughs> that's where you heal the good goss yeah oh yeah, yeah definitely that's... i like want to go to the pub at the same time they're there and just like <laughs> like well, not no, necessarily it's... sit with them but just like drink a beer and just like <laughs> chill while they're there and be like oh no cool. i imagine that they drink straight gin from like oh, the finest, <laughs> like porcelain teacups definitely yep yep <laughs> Okay, so we're so at some point later, Colleen and I are playing this game. <laughs> oh, definitely, Excellent. definitely. And that's, and that's and that's probably what we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, why do you think I bought it? 
I knew what was gonna happen. Yeah. I'm very excited for you. (laughs) I know. I know. We're gonna have to tell you about like everything that we did. Absolutely. What brought you guys into the world of Jane Austen? Because that's something that we ask a lot of our guests on this show. Like, what was Mm. your first introduction into Jane Austen? And then what's Mm. your favorite Jane Austen or like Oscar Wilde, Bronte sisters story? Like that whole era. I, I, I mean, school, I did school here in Australia. And I think we, we studied a couple of the texts um, mm-hmm. at that time. But like, I feel like it wasn't until we were working on this game and like um, that I kind of revisited it and enjoyed it much more. And actually, like, it's funny because I, I think it was like, it wasn't like I was a huge fan before making the game per se. Like I enjoyed it, but like, mm-hmm. I definitely uh-huh. feel like I have um, a stronger connection to it now. Mm. Uh, I really like the Love and Friendship movie because it's just really funny. Yeah. Oh, your Love and yeah. Friendship. I'm reading I that right I, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's a very funny piece of work. And I think that like, that's that's for me. I, mm. I let Haley kind of talk about it. Yeah, I studied like history in university. So I've always sort of been interested in and that actually specifically the uh, 18th and 19th centuries or so. Mm-hmm. Always been interested in stuff around that time. Um, but actually the same thing as V in that um, I got a much more significant appreciation of Austin through working on this game. I, I definitely liked her beforehand, but I I read Pride and Prejudice and I feel like persuasion beforehand and then like definitely uh, enjoyed digging into all the other works and like getting to understand her works a lot better um through making this game uh and just how hilarious she is (laughs) i feel like i understood the humor a lot a lot better on a second read as well Mm-hmm. Well, it's like she she drops so many of these like witty comebacks that like you don't mm. even pick up half of it. Yeah. We often um we're both big Gilmore Girls fans, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not sure if you're familiar, but it's just like it's mm. all it's very similar in the sense of like so much is getting dropped yeah. that like there's yeah. no way you're gonna pick it up on the first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot to Jane Austen, but like I I kind of get what you guys are saying because like. I also didn't read Jane Austen really. Like I read it in high school and I was like, oh, I really like Pride and Prejudice. And like years later I read Emma. I was like, oh, I really like Emma. And then we decided to do this podcast because I was watching the 2005 Pride and Prejudice movie and Mm -hmm. Dawn saw on, on my Snapchat that I was watching the movie and she was like, we need to do a podcast. And I was like, Okay, sure. Sounds good. Uh, and then the more we talked about it and the more like different adaptations and the more mm. like the more we studied it, the more I was like, oh my God, this woman was brilliant. <laughs> I need to go back in time and tell my teenage self she didn't understand. <sighs> oh my God. So I totally get what you guys mean where it's like, I didn't appreciate it at the time, but now I get it. I, I understand it. She was brilliant. <laughs> well, and I think the what is often and this is where my feminist killjoy comes out a little bit um is that i feel like a lot of people look down on austin because it is like oh it's women's stories and it's a it's like a woman genre Mm -hmm. which is like it shouldn't be looked down on because of it but it's actually like the stories between people and like the juicy secrets and like Mm -hmm. especially like oh there's a lot of politics in there that like you wouldn't expect it seems that like what you did with good society is like you brought all of like no like the juicy interactions that happen between people like that's where mm. real stories are created. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. 
That's I feel like true. good society is like like what you did in the game is just like what would ha- what was happening in Jane Austen's head. <laughs> like I feel like if she if like we could like bring her back to life, she would just be like, "Yes, you guys got it. This is my process. <laughs> Here we go." <laughs> Damn, if only we could have a guest episode featuring Jane Austen playing Good Society. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, I've heard, like, from what I have read, she was pretty, because, like, like, she was pretty nasty at the card table. (laughs) So I feel like she would pull out, like, all of these tricks, like, on us. (laughs) She would be spreading all the rumors about us. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes. She definitely um, tricked the world into thinking she was Elizabeth Bennett, but she's actually Caroline Bingley. <laughs> no, she always said that she was actually more like Emma. Emma, yeah. Oh, that's a vibe right there. Because she was, yep. she always wanted to meddle and set people up. And that is, that is kind of like the feeling you get with your characters sometimes in this game. <laughs> yeah. So we've kind of touched on a lot of it. The big question that I have is, so you talked about how kind of like you came up up with this game as well as the expansion packs. What made decided to make kind of expand it into the live action role playing sense scene? Mm-hmm. Because that's, it seems like that place is definitely a little bit more like, I feel like sometimes people are more open now to like playing role playing games. But when it comes mm-hmm. to like, you have to show up in costume and physically mm-hmm. like do something, people always have this hesitance. Yeah, so, that is definitely true. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's true um and like a, I think a part of that the difficulty with it is the fact that you have to be the character as opposed to describe being the character mm-hmm. uh, and that can be a bit intimidating um and I, and I understand that um as well mm-hmm. um for the the LARP version of the game I believe it's something we just decided to do because we thought it would be a fun experience and uh mm-hmm. a, uh it's you like know a one one day event like a yeah it's a single yeah. session yeah sort of like the four hour, i think it's four hour experience um mm-hmm. and um there's a lot of like a passion that people have for uh events like that like sometimes you know austin societies and uh things like that will have like evenings where you're in costume and, and um can you know enjoy the vibe of the evening um, and we thought it'd be a good opportunity for people who do enjoy that kind of thing to be able to tell a story that kind of takes place in that context as well, as well as people who might, uh, you know, be new to it, might feel more comfortable jumping into it if it's a context that they're familiar with. I think, like, especially, I, I always, like, I've always wanted to go to, like, one of those balls with, like, the traditional mm, yeah, yep. country so, dancing. <laughs> to uh, help facilitate something. We just, we, I think we, we saw that, op- like, as, like, oh, maybe they, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. that seems like an opportunity to, like, uh, at least do something and, and see, uh, allow that, that experience to filter into kind of, like, because it has a good society thing. We do have breaks to write letters and things like that. But in the LARP version, it's physical letters yeah. that you hurriedly mm-hmm. write and are delivered to other characters. Um, so just like a, a different way of exploring those things um, in a more tactile way. But I, I, I definitely feel like it's one of those things that like um, it might not appeal to the same people. Mm. And you might, you know, like you might enjoy one or the other more. Mm. And, and that's that's okay. Yeah, that's definitely true. We do sometimes get people being like, oh, I really love this version or the other version of it because mm-hmm. that more vibes with what like, yeah. they Because they're quite different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. These other games you guys have look like so much fun too. 
I was <laughs> I was like creeping on the website like right before this. They all just look like so much fun. The other games at on Story Brewers. Like, alas for the awful sea. <laughs> Mm-hmm. People who like good society uh, sometimes like the fictional memoirs of Harriet Wilson uh, mm-hmm. and her three sisters because uh, it's also set in the Regency. Uh, I was going to ask because it's definitely seemed like that. Also, the artwork you guys have is gorgeous for all mm-hmm. of them. That is all the artists. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's like it's like that. The, the little touches of like craftsmanship that like take it like over the top so thank That's you that, mm-hmm. that is that is lovely to hear it's very fun yeah. for us and i saw that um good society is also getting a lot of good reviews because i was like trying to look at reviews of everything and mm-hmm. it was like nine out of ten and like really high reviews so like hi good very society. good congratulations <laughs> so like congratulations Thank you. It's that's nice to hear. I'm sure you guys like don't want to look at that stuff because like I know personally like I don't look I at don't reviews. Really. I'm like don't I don't want to know. Don't, don't tell I me. Don't, I, but I do live for people emailing me being like, and then I propose to the sister of the end. Yeah, that's more hand. <laughs> so with the popularity of like things like NaNoWriMo or National Novel Writing Month, which I think is now three different months, actually. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of someone actually like turning it, turning, obviously that we mentioned before that people played this on Twitch live streams. Mm. Um, have you heard of someone actually like trying to write like a fanfic or like even like novelizing? I've because- thought about it. <laughs> I, I think I, it would, if, so, if someone did, I haven't yet, but if someone did, please write us. Yes. We do have this like conceit where the back, the very back leaf of the book is like, inspired by Jane Austen's work and such novels and then you can write your own novel titles here for like good society. Oh that's brilliant. Um, sorry I this is not a you won't be able to see it but like <laughs> there is like you could people do title their uh their games, games oh, after they finish them sometimes which is which is in the vein. <laughs> I've heard of people doing it to sort of like express extra stuff about their characters and stuff like that mm. once a game is is done but not not as a sole work activity. of itself. Mm. Although I often think that sometimes there are some of the games that are played that would make excellent reads. Yeah. <laughs> They're really good. They're really good. So yeah, if you've done that, please let us know. <laughs> it would make mm-hmm. us very happy. So would you say that also like this kind of attracts this def- good society definitely attracts more people who are like into creative writing then? Mm. Yeah. I-, I do think that like, mm-hmm. yeah, that it does attract people who are into um yeah into creative things in general like writing art uh, music and also people who love history and uh people who love theater sports there's definitely an over an improvised theater there's definitely an overlap there um and people who obviously uh love romance novels of all kinds (laughs) (laughs) i know a lot of people who would have fun with this then that's so cool that like it overlaps with so many like different creative like it's so many different types of people would enjoy this so that that's just like so cool yeah because I think at its core like um you know I love the Regency part of it but at its core it's just a story of human drama uh and the relationships between people and the way those change uh and what happens so at the end of the day there's a lot of people that enjoy that kind of story because that's a story about who we are as people yeah. I think yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's I'm just letting that sit because that was beautifully put. Um, it really was. Well, and I think that's too what was so like 
phenomenal about Austin was she wanted to tell stories about humans. Mm, yeah. mm -hmm. Like that was kind of like all of her, her characters aren't like very melodramatic. Like Mr. Collins is annoying, but you know a Mr. Collins. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But always talking about his boss or he's always yeah. like, up his job. <laughs> <Yeah>. or <laughs> we've all met like the busybody mother who like cannot just get her nose. Mm -hmm. out of Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Or the Lydia's, yeah. the Lydia Bennett. 15, silly 15-year-old girls who yes. will always be silly 15-year-old girls. <laughs> Even when they're 30, they're still silly 15-year-old <laughs> girls. Yep. Well, that's, making, that, oh, that's making me scared for like the next five years. Thanks, Colleen. No, I it. <laughs> True. Do you know the truth? Do you guys have any favorite, like, I guess, stories or characters that you've like encountered on your many different like playthroughs or... When you were like game testing, any like fun little anecdotes? What was the one the other day? You were like, that's a good one. And I was like, great. Then I completely forgot about it because. <laughs> oh, that always happens. Yeah, it does. And I have honestly, like, between when we first created it now, I must have played mm. <laughs> more than 100 <laughs> games of Good Society. Although I was recently reminded of the time that you played a castle in the Magic Oh, expansion. yeah. <laughs> so you, can... you played the physical building of the castle? Amazing. It, it was in the Fae expansion, and I played ah. the castle. Uh, oh. That was very fun. That was a very fun game. Um, I think one of the most memorable experiences for me has been uh, just for a, a, an experiment, I suppose, um, we decided to run a sort of like, I guess, shared world version of the game where uh, we had like multiple groups that were like their own session, their own game, but in the same world and could um, sort of like affect each other and have relationships across sessions. Um, and the, the first time we did that, we was testing for the Fae expansion. Fake Courts expansion. And so the idea was that people were in their own sessions, but they shared like, you know, membership of the same court. And so there was like a lot of politics and drama across the sessions and people scheming for who would be the new home monarch and that kind of thing. And that was a very memorable game because you just have like so much creative energy when you have like, um, you know, nine people all like into this one story together and the interactions between the different storylines of the different groups was uh, really, really fascinating. And the moment where everyone got to that moment where we're like, we have to determine who the new high monarch was, was very dramatic oh, and dramatic. Wow. <laughs> but I listening to other people tell stories about their role-playing games is always like, I'm happy for you, but I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. The amount of context that it's in, that's involved. Yeah. That's true. I can only imagine like the amount invisible. of context. Well, that's like when um, you go to the Renaissance Fair and you see mm -hmm. people cosplayed as their Dungeons and Dragons characters and they're having so much fun yeah. and you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> You're yeah, like, absolutely. I'm so proud and so happy for you. Yeah. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, or like when somebody makes like their Instagram story or like their Snapchat story, like an inside joke with like them and like two other friends. And you're like, I don't, I don't know what this is. What does this picture mean, Francis, or whatever your name is? <laughs> I think it's like speaking of like the game that you played, Bert, was like electing the new high monarch. I can only imagine what either a sequel game or like where like yeah. Barely. simultaneous thank you where it's almost like the like the high society versus like the upstairs downstairs where it's like oh the servants of all of these people who are mm. potentially um, infiltrating i feel like it'd be you, cool. you could do it that way we recently did one where it was like two households so the two sessions were like the two different households but they mm -hmm. were they were um 
cousins. So there was a lot of interconnection and relation. Just, that just wrapped up last week, actually. That was gone. Mm, that um, was that was that was the upstairs downstairs. Expansion. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. yeah, so you so you had the two sessions. Yeah, but you got to see both the upstairs and downstairs of both households. Yeah. I guess the main thing I learned from it is that good society can be quite versatile, so you can try. Yeah, sometimes you <laughs> whatever like your throw... dream is, you can probably try it. <laughs> we, we, we like to do really weird experiments um, <laughs> with our game design and game making. Mm. Like right now, our, our main project that we're working on is called Fight with Spirit. It's a mm-hmm. high school and college sports role playing. I was looking at that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sports agnostic, so you can really come with as long as it's like a team based sport. Um, you can come with soccer or whatever it is, Quidditch, I don't know, whatever, broomstick ball, um, whatever sport it is and, and play it. Um, so it's, Haley was like, what if we did good society and fight the oh, spirit yeah. mushed into one? Yeah, I'm running that at the moment. Uh, <laughs> a combination good society and fight with spirit game, which is about uh, What's a British women's sport? cricket in the 19th cricket. century. I was so. going to say yeah. cricket. Yeah. Yeah, the first there women's team, college team. Of so that. it's like, so, yeah. So we do really crazy stuff like that, you know. I love so it. a mixture of like the Jamaican bobsled team mixed with a league <laughs> of her own, mixed with Jane Austen. Yep, yep that you nailed it. Yeah, yep, that's it. <laughs> no, that could be really cool. Where maybe are like even I people like we'll get up in society by being the best cricket team in all of England. <laughs> We'll let you know if it works. <laughs> or even croquet. I wasn't. I guess it's no. I guess croquet is not a croquet. Croquet is not now. You not now. I'm exposed. Sport, but I'm exposing myself about how I don't know about croquet. I don't. Can you play it in the other team rules? There might. I, I don't know. I see, don't know. I have no. Whenever I think of croquet, I always think of Alice in Wonderland and Heather's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> both wear Heather's, yeah. Yeah, we're both where like croquet was a little bit more conniving. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I think of croquet, I just remember like I was seven and so I was at some like block party and some adults set up croquet and everyone was like, Okay, we're gonna teach all the children how to play croquet to keep them occupied so the adults can can enjoy themselves. And I just remember I don't understand how to play this game. <laughs> And I kept saying, I don't understand how to play this game. I want to do something else. And people kept trying to explain the rules to me, but I was seven and I had the attention span of a gnat. So I kept getting distracted. I was like, did I win? I don't know what's going on. And I think I like, I I don't never finish the game. So anytime I try to like figure out the rules, I never remember how to play. Mm -hmm. So also lightly touching on the, I'm trying to be very professional and not call it the sports ball game. Um, <laughs> fighting spirit that's right fighting spirit fighting spirit usually again like you obviously love like throwing in these creative elements usually tabletop rpg players and sports ball people mm-hmm. do not mm-hmm. touch so like just yes. touch i know i know we're kind of veering off track a little bit what kind of was the inspiration for that to bring these sports ball feel good movie with let's play a role-playing game <laughs> Yes, I definitely think sports drama is the, oh, <laughs> it's, okay. it's one of our games, so you know there's going to be there's a drama element drama. to uh-huh. it. <clears throat> but I think, like, for me, I never really think about, like, oh, is there people, uh, like, are people, is this, like, a not mm-hmm. touching kind mm-hmm. of situation, not meeting situation here? I, I kind of, mm, I'm just setting out to, like, make a fun game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, That's definitely mm-hmm. true in this particular case it's it's sort of like like I like those feel like I think it's it's just that simple like I like 
sport, feel good sports movie or dramatic sports movie. Yeah. I've watched a fair amount of them. And so I think it's like, uh, just that that's, that's it. That's like, that's, I make games. You're that just I like, I want to tell the story. Yeah. It's as I, simple as that sometimes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when we do a lot of our game making does involve a lot of play testing, which is like, um, we're going to be playing that game a lot. Mm. So I tend to pick mm-hmm. things that I will enjoy playing mm. myself because we know we're going to have to do that. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot more sense because I feel like there's a difference between like people who enjoy like sports movies or people who like maybe they played like sports in college or sports in high school and like don't play it anymore, but they're like nostalgic. So they'd probably like enjoy mm-hmm. a game like that because then it'd be like nostalgia and then like I'm doing something creative too with like my friends as opposed to I mean, it's not like when they made Rocky a musical and then we're surprised when it didn't do well because it's like okay do you really think do you really think the audience that saw rocky the movie is the same audience that's gonna go see rocky as a musical on broadway come on people come on so i think it could work but we'll have to let us know how it goes mm-hmm. well so far so far it's been working out okay all right that's nice. good that's good it can't do worse than Rocky the Musical. <laughs> that was it, interesting. There was a Rocky the Musical. It was a musical. It was. It was a musical. Oh, okay. I'm, anyway, I'm, touch, I'm touching upon a sore point, so I apologize. And it's not a sore point. It was just like, why? <laughs> Someone oh. told me about a Shrek burlesque recently that I that did really well. So, um, so I <laughs> for background, like I'm a musician. Like I play. Like clarinet mm-hmm. was my main instrument. And <clears throat> me action- too. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. I'm a fellow cool. woodwinder. <laughs> Woodwind buddies. Yes. Um, so I know someone who played the book like who played in the pit for Shrek and apparently the songs like it's the music is really fun and really well written the music mm-hmm. is really good to Shrek the yeah. musical yeah like surprisingly mm-hmm. so but I just guess the story like did not translate to like like the story is actually terrible on like on the stage <laughs> yeah but the music is like fantastic like and it's really fun to play yeah so I, I'm like I, I I sing we went to music school together oh, okay. we 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 oh. talked about like Pride and Prejudice the musical and like every other like sentence was like we went to music school we went <laughs> to music college and like one of my things is like I'm a musical theater nerd so I know a lot about like Broadway and stuff so yeah oh. I can concur with that Shrek the musical was an, an <laughs> interesting show they just put in like too many like fart jokes and it's just just uh, it yeah. isn't interesting. We're, we're way off topic. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how did we get here? Do a Shrek the musical role playing game. Yeah. We're missing um, to cut this out for your editor. <laughs> uh, it's it's fine. Um, Broadway no, I mean, I the role playing game. I do have to say there was one. It was a like a three or four session like Dungeons and Dragons campaign where I played a bard and I had to bring a recorder and play <laughs> as a bard. Immersion, full immersion. Oh my gosh. Full immersion. It was, it was terrible. No, but I guess like uh, to bring it back to good society is I think if you were like so inclined, I feel like you could quasi improvise the letters as songs. I feel like that, would, like if you have the skill <laughs> and you have the talent for that, I feel like that could be really cool. Somebody did run Good Society, the Mamma Mia edition. Uh, what? That's oh brilliant. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm always really amazed and impressed by the creativity of people. Mm-hmm. Like, give them a starting oh point and they're like, this is what I'm going to do with it. And I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah, we see our jobs just like facilitating 
facilitating something that is already there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you we have something within you. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> well, it seems like you really guys have like built this like system that is like very very adaptable. Like you're not stuck into like certain classes or like certain mm. strict roles where it is more of like, well, what does the story say? Mm. That we're very impressed with. It's like it's like when a teacher gives you a project and then you're like, well, can I do this? And the teacher's like, well, what do you think you should do? <laughs> and then you're like, oh my God, I'm gonna just run with this. And you just like go all like over the top. Like that. that's like the feeling that I just get from you guys where it's just like, go crazy, do it. Mm. You wanna put an ABBA song in your letter? Go for it. Sure. Why not? Give yourself a challenge. You want to sing Rocky the Musical and fight sport ball games? Sure. Why not? <laughs> I, I love it. I love the creative energy because I feel like you uh-huh. don't get that with the other RPG games. I feel like people do a lot of homebrew uh, <laughs> across all RPGs. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. uh, people who play it. RPGs tend to be quite creative and they want to do their own like crazy thing. Um, but it's just uh, about how the different kinds of stories that different games might lend mm-hmm. themselves to uh, to tell, I think. Um, yeah, I think that's very true. I think that, that as a medium, like it's, I don't think it's unique to our, our game in the sense of like, I think all role-playing is uh, a creative endeavor mm-hmm. and that there is every game group will, will kind of, um, forge their own culture but like some games will help you in mm. ways in different ways mm. um mm-hmm. and that's kind of like why it's good to explore different systems and mm. try out different things because um what you know the approach of the the game is um will sort of like highlight and underscore different things for you and um yeah and and that's like a joy that's why I, we do crazy things like make up random mashups or play a lot of games like that's always been part of what we do because it's like endlessly interesting Mm. to us anyway (laughs) that is it is so endlessly interesting and i i also find it interesting that you guys um you make a lot of these rpg games that don't have that don't need game masters necessarily Mm. or like yeah uh, like good society has a facilitator and like from what i from what i'm kind of understanding the facilitator is they're like a character in the game who also is just kind of like, okay, let's just make sure we're following the rules, guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yes. pretty much. There's All a right. player that's, that's but like, yeah. ready to take on that okay. responsibility. Yeah. So it's like kind of um, when you're like playing a game, like a regular board, like if we're playing Monopoly game. and yep. they're like that person with the rule sheet, they're like, uh, you're cheating. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Put that money like, back in the bank. Or they even like, oh, the Monopoly. another hour, everyone. So just you know, just just know that or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, like, yeah. Things. yeah they're mm-hmm. like they're like the person running the meeting. You know, that's what their <laughs> job is. Like, let's, here's the agenda, <laughs> and here's how much time we have. But they don't control the actual content of the discussion. Mm-hmm. They're just there to help everyone to get through the meeting in the best way possible. Yeah. There's there are a lot of games that um, in the role playing game space that have this uh, feature of like it being not dungeon monastery or gm led there are a lot of gm list game if you're interested i'd say look around in that it's called gm list games or or various various other things um but i think the reason why we we do tend to gravitate sometimes towards um that kind of design is that we really care about democratizing the storytelling 
to the entire game group so that it's not saddled on one person mm, collaborative storytelling mm-hmm. and that it is a responsibility that is shared mm. um with everyone so that's just like a, a mm. thing that we do yeah think and so i think we just make games that reflect that mm. um I can be a very lazy GM in that way. <laughs> so this is your story. It's um, our story. Yeah. So help me, please. Yeah. You know, so um, I think that we, yeah, that's that's why. Mm. Yeah. I think that's what yeah. I was like trying to say before when I was like, oh, like, what do you guys want to do? Because it's so collaborative <laughs> in nature. Because like, I think that's what I, I really like about it. Because at least when, like, from my like brief experience, when I was in like those um, RPGs that I mentioned at the beginning, like, um, mm. cause it was mostly just like the game master decides everything. And it was really fun, but it was like, it's a different I was just like, yeah, it was just like yeah. a very different experience. And like, I feel like this is something I would have really like enjoyed because like, I could, I felt like, like, it just sounds so cool. Cause you're like an active participant in the story and it's collaborative and improvising. So it sounds really cool. Yeah. And I mean, there are definitely times when like you do want to like just kill some monsters. And there are times yeah. when it's like you don't exactly. you don't feel like it that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Thank you so much for coming on. This yes, has been you so much. amazing. Good Society, which we have been talking about. You can order it from Storybrew storybrewersroleplaying.com. Mm-hmm. Um you can both you can both order physical copies, which come with a very fancy book. Um, or even just the PDF if you're more of a digital person than I am. Um, it is the it is also the 2018 winner, the 2018 new indie role playing game winner from Geek and Sundry. So congrats on that. To Haley and V, do you have anything else to say to add to it? Uh, thank you all for for listening mm. to us uh, ramble a little bit here, but um, really enjoyed uh, being here and talking to you. All. Well, thanks for having us. Thank, Thank you guys you. for coming on. This was so great. This was so much fun. No worries. And uh, I, I hope you do get a conniving game of croquet into your game <laughs> yes. yes, definitely. Okay. Now I have to learn croquet, but it's that's fine. <laughs> I'll finally learn it and like avenge my seven-year-old. Yeah, probably don't need the rules. <laughs> it's fine. What are rules, really? <laughs> Thank you so much. Right. Have an Thank excellent so rest much. of your yes. day. Yes. Bye. You too. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Cheers. So this has been Austin and the A-Train. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Austin and the A-Train, as well as go to our website, www.austinandtheatrain.com. And be sure to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com, Austin and the A-Train. Wait, patreon.com slash Austin and the A-Train. Yeah. And all right. So we will see you guys later. We are starting our Emma season very soon, which is very exciting. Colleen is pumped. Woo! I am I am returning to probably one of my least favorite Jane Austen novels. So it's I'm fine. It's fine. Me and Jane Austen are the only people who like Emma. It's fine. We're at All peace right. with it. So maybe by the end of it, I'll love Emma. Or hate her mind. more. Or hate her change more. My mind. It's fine. All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye.